0: turn with me, if you will, Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12, uh, beginning at verse 13. We'll be reading from the English standard version from Luke chapter 12, beginning, uh, at verse 13, uh, should be appearing on your screen, uh, momentarily. And there you will find these words. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store up all my grains and goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. We thank God uh, for God's word today. Amen. For the time that we have together, I'd like to tag this text with the topic choosing to be rich. Choosing to be rich. Choosing to be rich. I am a product of a hip hop culture that during my lifetime has produced music and culture that centers on getting money and having the most material possessions. In fact, many of the songs that I grew up listening to glorify this idea about getting all you can while you can. Uh, there, there was a song uh, by Puff Daddy and the, and the Bad Boy crew called All About the Benjamins, in which the opening verse questioned the listen listener, saying, uh, now, What y'all want to do? Want to be ballers, shot callers, brawlers who be dipping in the bins with the spoilers on the low from the Jake and the Taurus trying to get my hands on some grants like Uh, Horace? There was also the classic Wu-Tang Clan cut whose chorus proclaimed cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Yeah, I know there's some folks that didn't know Pastor Newty's little lyrics. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And there's some folks that's watching right now that they're they singing along with me as we go. Uh, the reality is that hip hop culture that was coming of age 30 years ago was really a reflection of a society in which, <clears throat> in which it existed, which revolved around capitalism, was obsessed, obsessed with the lifestyles of the rich and the famous, and continues to be driven by the pursuit of more. And while I am a child of the hip-hop era, y'all, perhaps one of the wisest songs recorded about the human love affair with money and material possession came from one of my parents' old 45s that I would listen to as a boy. Uh, And the lyrics to the song said this, for the love of money, people will steal from their mother. For the love of money, people will rob their own brother. For the love of money, people can't even walk the street. Because they never know who in the world they're going to beat for that lean, mean, mean green, the almighty dollar. Y'all, the OJs in in this famous song weren't glorifying money, but they were giving a warning about our attitudes towards money. And that warning was loud and clear that loving money above everything and anything else will cause us to do things we never thought we we would do to get it. And what is embedded in this song is that we have a choice in what we do with the money, 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 money. But some people choose to do things, do things, do bad things with it. But we should choose to do good things with it. With the commercials and advertisements that tap into this desire for money and material possession, we can find ourselves quickly caught up in a cycle of bigger and better Upgrades and trade-ins, trying to add a zero to the end of our paycheck or make sure that our 401k is growing at a rate that would get us through in the latter years of our lives. We live in a culture that celebrates the wealthy uh, in a way that makes those who are not wealthy dream about pursuing uh, uh, and having access to the resources that the wealthy have. Uh, In truth, this is often what drives us to play the powerball, especially when the jackpot reaches the hundreds of millions of dollars. The idea that money solves everything is a central belief system, a central to the belief system of our society. Uh, However, being a Christ follower in a culture whose holy trinity is capitalism, consumerism and commercialism can be challenging. Uh, As Christians in churches, y'all, it can be easy to fall into the cultural trappings of being more focused uh, on the money and the possessions than on mission and the purpose. Uh, we spend a lot of time—we uh, spend a lot of money, rather, to make sure that we look good on Sunday mornings. We'll, we'll come to church uh, in a $500 outfit but then drop $5 in the offering plate. Don't do that when we come back, y'all. Uh, church Church folks like to have the biggest and the best, and so we build big, beautiful sanctuaries and tell folks the doors of the church are open but have little impact in our communities because our structures are locked up more, way more than they are available, Uh, Even more, there is dangerous theology that pushes wealth and health as the sole evidence of being blessed by God. Many Christians and churches have slipped into prioritizing money and material possessions so much that it is hard to see where the church ends and the world begins. Uh, However, I believe that our text today helps us and it challenges us by pointing to the fact that choosing to be rich is about prioritizing our pursuit of God over the pursuit of material gain. Uh, The opening verses of Luke 12 tell us that there was a crowd of many thousands that had gathered to hear Jesus. Out of this crowd, a man speaks up who had an issue with his brother regarding their inheritance. There was some family drama around getting uh, around the division of money and property. And this man isn't getting what he feels like is his fair share hoping that Jesus will help mediate the situation. He's seeking Jesus's validation for his position. However, Jesus, y'all, uh, Jesus said, no, nah, I'm not getting involved in that. And then he turns and warns the crowd in verse six, verse 15 to guard against all kinds of greed, all kinds uh, of coveted, covetousness, he says, because a life is more than having a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, in some sense, Jesus may have detected that the man's request, uh, and the man's request in un- was an unhealthy and unspiritual pursuit of material wealth. This brotherly dispute uh, that was raised in his presence would not be solved while their focus was on who was getting how much of what. It would be challenging to satisfy the desires of both brothers because there was no settlement that would make them happy. Uh, this question from the man about his family's inheritance debate provided a platform, however, for Jesus to talk about the issues surrounding greed. And he drives home his point with this story about this rich farmer in the text. He tells uh, the story of the rich farmer who had a large harvest and had nowhere to store his crop. And he decides to tear down his existing barns and build bigger barns. Then he wanted to sit back and enjoy the lifestyle afforded to him by such a great harvest. Uh, However, he is visited that same day by God who informs him that the plans that he that he had put into place in his mind were futile because his life would be demanded of him that he would die. And he asked him, who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Uh, Looking at the parable from our cultural context, we might not see an issue with what the farmer has done. He is a great business and has created a means for generational wealth. He has set up his retirement plan so that he could spend his days uh, living the good life. Who wouldn't want uh, to exist in this way? But in verse 20, we discover why Jesus called the rich farmer a rich fool uh, because of his choices in how he managed the abundance that was afforded to him. Instead of placing his trust in the Lord, he chose to find his security in the great wealth that he had amassed. There was nothing wrong with him having wealth and planning his future life. But the issue was that he found his life in his possessions and, not find, and didn't find his life in God y'all the parable as we read it is framed by Jesus's statement about being on guard against greed in verse 15 and the idea of being rich towards God in verse 21 it is these statements that help us to bring uh it bring clearly into view one of the main points of the passage namely that wealth is not a problem but our perspective about wealth can be let me say it one more time y'all wealth is not a problem it's not a problem to have a lot it's not a problem Uh, To be rich, it's not a problem to have resources at your disposal, but our perspective about it, our heart's position, our disposition about it can be problematic for us. The word translated from the Greek as greed means the excessive, immoderate desire of acquiring more. The idea of being rich towards God points to making God the priority in how we manage what we have in essence jesus is showing us that we have a choice we can be rich with barns or we can be rich towards god and we in regardless amount of the money regardless of the amount of the money we have we all uh, intentionally make a decision about the priority of our lives and more specifically the way we handle the resources which were entrusted to us by god Greed and generosity are both driven by desire. Greed by the desire to have more in a search for self-satisfaction and fulfillment. And generosity is driven by the desire to please God by living with an open hand guided by the Holy Spirit. This is the decision that's laid before us. How we think and feel about money and material possession is a matter of eternal consequence. And I know Know what you're thinking? Here, go the preacher again, talking about money in church. Uh, and I know it can be a highly sensitive topic and a very personal matter because we don't want anybody uh, telling us what to do with our money, particularly not the deacon or the trustee or the preacher, not uh, anyone. But the truth is uh, that Christian discipleship without a discussion about our attitudes around money and possessions is not really discipleship. When we read the Gospels and and the entirety of the Bible, we discover that while there are 500 verses on prayer and 500 verses on faith, there are more than 2,000 verses on money and possessions. Jesus himself talked much about money. 16 of the 38 parables in the Gospels are concerned with how to handle money and possessions. In the Gospels, an amazing one out of 10 verses deal directly with the subject of money our spiritual disposition and practical application of the kingdom standard and understanding of wealth and material possessions matters we'd like to hear the things that will increase the amounts uh, in our bank accounts and expand our various financial holdings but to preach and to teach these things with uh, uh, with our uh, without addressing our attitude and perspectives about them duplicates the society's standard and not the standard of the word of god to be clear Y'all, again, having money is not the issue. Having nice things and enjoying life is not the issue. It is when we treat money and possessions as the end goal and as the only goal and not the means by which we advance the kingdom that we find ourselves in the same spiritual place of the rich and foolish farmer in our text. And so we have to learn to do what Jesus suggests in uh, verse 21 we have to learn how to be rich toward. God. How then can we choose to be rich? That's a good question today. I got two things for you and I'll be out your way first. We are, we can, we are choosing to be rich means recognizing God as, a, as our sufficient source. Recognizing God as our sufficient source. Somebody type sufficient source in the comments. Y'all, one of the things as we read the parable today that stands out is how many times the farmer in the text uses pronouns that refer to himself. I'm going to read verses 17 17 through 19 again. I'm going to put some special emphasis on some things, though. So, So listen to what happens. It says, here we go. It says, he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. There I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Y'all catch it? Uh, The farmer consults himself. He plans with himself, with himself about how to handle the grain harvest and the certain windfall of money that would come from this. He was already rich and is now getting richer because of this great harvest. And in his view, y'all, he did it all by himself. Uh, this great harvest and his future merriment were all dependent on him. His he was self-sufficient and he was the singular source on how he should manage his wealth. His self-elevated view of his own importance boxed out the practical people that were helpers to him. The laborers who helped bring the harvest in. The folks who sold the harvest, uh, sold the grain or wherever in the market. The folks that would help build the barns. But more importantly, it brought out that he didn't acknowledge that his harvest was a product of the grace and the favor of God. Y'all, his shortcoming uh, in this area provides for us an important reminder That all that we earn, all that we have, all of the provision we experience is a product of the grace and the favor of God. Somebody ought to type it in the comments right now. Everything I have is because... Of God, Yes, I know. I know what you're saying. God ain't show up on my job. God didn't show up in that classroom. God didn't help me execute this idea. We might be smart. We might be wise. We might be creative. We might be talented. We might be gifted. We might be intelligent, but without God opening up some doors for us, we wouldn't have what we have or be where we are. I know we do. We do the work, but it is God who blesses the work of our hands. Uh, when we find ourselves caught up in a me, uh, I, me, and mine uh, mentality, we are forgetting that we aren't the source. We are just the stewards. God is the source of every good and perfect gift. And to think that we can be sufficient within ourselves is self-centered and an and a sign of an immature disciple. Y'all, I've discovered that there are too many of us as Christians who have the spiritual maturity of a toddler when it comes to our possessions. We want to have control over everything because it's mine. Y'all know how toddlers do. Everything belongs to them. Even they ain't buy nothing, they ain't been nowhere, but it belongs to them. We have that same mentality. The church is mine. The money is mine. The stuff is mine. The job is mine. The possessions is mine. My life is mine. We don't want anyone interfering with what we believe is ours. But the truth is that the stuff you think is yours, God has given it to you so that you can use it to help expand the kingdom of God. Let me say it one more time, y'all. The stuff that you think is yours is actually God's, and God has entrusted it to you in order to help expand the kingdom of God in the earth. Y'all, just as quickly as you got it, it can be taken away. Y'all, that's a message that we find in the story of Job in the Old Testament. Y'all, Job was the richest man in the region, richest man in the land of us. He had, he had c- cattle and land and houses and kids. And in a moment, in, in 12 hours, everything was taken away and he was left uh, with nothing but him and his wife and his sick body. He lost everything. Uh, he came into it, and in the midst of his trial, in the midst uh, of his circumstance, he came to the reality, y'all, that uh, that he came into the world with nothing, and he was going to leave with nothing. And so he just needed to focus on blessing the name of the Lord. And the truth is, y'all, it's the same for us, that we came in with nothing in our hands. We, we're going to leave here with nothing in our hands. So we need to make sure that our attitudes about money and material possessions are not lined up with this life but are lined up with eternity our goal should be to honor God with our everything with everything that we have every dollar that we have every idea that we have every ability and skill that we have our money and our possessions we ought to be looking to honor God with them because God is the source of it in the first place God is our sustainer and provider God created it all It all but Belongs to God and our declaration ought to be. Uh, I didn't come into the world with anything, so I'm not leaving with anything. God gave it to me, and if it goes away, God can give it to me again. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah, if we're gonna choose to be rich, if we're gonna choose to be rich, we have to recognize God as our sufficient source. That God, God's provision is sufficient for us. What God has given to us is enough, but also we have to recognize, we have to um, learn how to rest in God's security. Choosing to be rich means resting in God's security. Y'all, the foolish farmer had placed all of his faith in the fact that he had a great harvest and great wealth. This was why he consults himself only in deciding what would happen. In a real sense, he placed all of his faith and trust in his financial portfolio. He was arrogant enough to even plan his life as if uh, his resources could dictate what would happen from one day to the next. But y'all, check out how the parable ends. It ends with God telling him that on that very night, he would lose his life. That it would be demanded from him. After all, the man had planned for his life. He was faced with the fact that his life was ending before he would even have a chance to tear down one barn, to set up one party, or even relax in the confines of his accumulated wealth. Uh, He wouldn't be able to enjoy all that he had stored up for himself. Uh, This exposed, y'all, a major flaw in his plan. Uh, He had not considered the outside chance that he would not make it to build the barns or enjoy his He had not planned beyond himself because he found his security in himself, in his harvest, and in his money. Verse verse 20 again, God shows up and says, fool, don't you know this night your soul will be required, will be demanded of you and the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? Uh, This idea that his life would be demanded from him is interesting because the word demanded uh, comes with the implication that something is due. Yeah, y'all, we know how that is. A due date on our bills and all of that. It, It comes with the implication that something is due. This is an intentional use by Jesus as he tells the story to communicate the fact that we don't own our own lives. We are stewards of them. Y'all remember the parable uh, in Matthew chapter 25 where where, the, where, G, where the, uh, the the rich the rich man gave the three servants, the talents, and then went away, and he showed back up and was like, all right, y'all, it's time to pay up, time to show me uh, what you did while you was gone. This is the same kind of idea that Jesus is communicating in the text, and this is why we have to secure our lives and to secure ourselves in something greater than our own ability to acquire money and possession, because we never know when that ability will be taken from us. We never know when our access to our accumulation will be cut off. The quality of our lives is only exposed by money and possessions. We are only revealing more of who we are at our core. But y'all, here's the good news that our lives are enhanced when we place our trust and find our security in God. Uh, Imagine if this farmer would have found a way to be generous with his wealth. He could have fed the hungry. He could have given away resources to those in need. He could have been a job creator a more broader scale but instead his focus was on making sure that he was secured and the reality is that we all will have to give an account for what we did with what we have no matter how much it is no matter how little it is it could be two million dollars or it could be two pennies we all are going to have to give an account for what we did with what we have and because we are stewards we are called to follow the command of the owners in managing their possessions uh, our lives are gifts given to us to use as the Creator leads us to do. Uh, when we follow the way of the Creator, we find security. Uh, when we do what the Lord tells us to do, uh, we talked about that at the end uh, of February. That uh, the way that when. Our steps are made firm uh, when we go the way that the Lord uh, is calling for us to go. Uh, And when we are secure in God as our source of provision, we don't have to depend on ourselves to make it happen. But we can trust that as we are diligent and intentional about our resources, God will continue to provide for us. God will continue to take care of us. It doesn't matter about the inflation, it doesn't matter about the stock market, it doesn't matter about what's happening with oil prices. In gas prices if we are diligent uh, and intentional about managing our resources to the glory of God God will take care of us uh, we don't have to worry y'all and we don't have to fret because one thing I know is that God can do anything but fail uh, there's a sense y'all in the text that the man lived with a one life view uh, that is that only that there is only one life that matters and I'm going to get all that I can right now to make this one life count. Uh, He placed the totality of his existence uh, on the stake uh, of the wealth that he had accumulated not recognizing uh, that there are some things y'all that money and possession can't buy. That There are some things uh, that having all the money in the world uh, can't keep from happening. Uh, Having all the money in the world won't keep you from getting sick. It won't keep you from feeling lonely. It won't keep you from being depressed, it won't keep you from broken relationships. It sure enough won't keep you from dying one day. Uh, so depending on the material and the temporal for our security is a dangerous chance to take because when the money runs out, when the material gets old or breaks down, when we're not able to upgrade to the next best thing, so does our security. It falls apart, it runs out and it breaks down, and we find ourselves feeling exposed and out there invulnerable but y'all when we place our faith in the secure foundation that is Jesus Christ we can weather the storms of life and we can find a faith that will sustain us oh for a faith that will not sh- that will not shrink we'll find a faith that will keep us and hold us through the challenges that we face and that's why I like y'all what the gospel according to Jenny Wilson says you may not know who Jenny Wilson is is but I guarantee you uh, that you know her song. If you've been in church for longer than five minutes, you know uh, this song right here that says, covet not this world's vain riches that so rapidly uh, uh, decay. Seek to gain the heavenly treasures for they will never pass away. Come on and say it with me. Hold to God's hand. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Hold to his hand. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Build your your hopes on things eternal. You gotta hold to God's unchanging hand. Y'all, we can choose to be rich. We can choose to be good stewards of the resources that God has blessed us with. When we are not chasing money as our God, when we're not chasing the next shiny thing as our God, as the next best thing for us, we can choose to be rich. If I went in our faith in God as our sufficient source, we can choose to be rich and the trust in God's security and knowing that God will take care of us. So I hope you learned a lesson today. Don't be like this foolish farmer thinking that it's all about your money and all about what you have or what you don't have. I know what Kanye says, whether you broke or rich, having money's not everything. Having money's not everything, but not having it is. I know that's what he said, but that ain't necessarily the truth. Because whether you have money or not. If you are choosing to be rich towards the Lord, the Lord will take care of you. and Make sure that you have all that you need. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you, God, today for your continued provision in our lives. God, we pray that you would forgive us for often being so focused, even in small ways, God, on how much money we have or what we don't have or being more in pursuit of trying to secure ourselves economically than being in pursuit of you. And not recognizing, God, that if we are rich toward you, that you'll take care of everything else. That's what you told us uh, through your son Jesus, that if we seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, that you'll take care of our clothes, you'll take care of our food, you'll make sure that you care for us in ways, in, in greater ways than you care for, the sparrow, or even the flower of the field. And so, God, help us to trust you more. Help us to trust you so that we can be generous towards your mission here on the earth, so that we can recognize, God, that all that you've given to us is to be used to help build the kingdom of God here on the earth. So that as we care for our families, as we care for our community, as we uh, seek to be a church with the impact and influence in our community, that what we do uh, is with the mindset of recognizing that we are here to expand the kingdom of God in the world. God, now we pray for some man, woman, boy, or girl who is with us today, who is watching this right now and knows they need to get their life connected with you. God, we're praying for the spiritual decision that they would make. God, help them today, God, to find the strength to just type new life in the comments right now. God, whether it be that they're praying to be baptized because of new belief in, in, in and in in starting a relationship with you on this day, God, whether they are praying today to be rededicated uh, to their walk with you or they're praying to partner with the the Mount Carmel Church, God, in our ministry efforts because their gifts align with what you're doing here in our great church. God, we pray that you would strengthen them today to type New Life or to go to the website and do what needs to be done, God, so that we can walk with them in their spiritual journey and celebrate their spiritual decision today. God, continue to keep us continue to open doors for us, continue to make ways for us, God, and most importantly, God, continue to help us check our hearts to ensure that we are in pursuit of you over everything else. God, we thank you, we honor you, and we praise you this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.